after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, church, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. As I step back, I ask for the Spirit of God to step up. So the anointing that's in this place and the anointing that's inside of my heart will, Father, be received to the hearts of your people. I thank you that no distraction, nothing will stand in the way of us receiving what you have for us today. And I declare that our lives will never, ever be the same after having heard the word of truth in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Well, we're in our third week of the Blessed Life series. And in my opinion, today's message is the most important message in the whole series. Now, that's my opinion. But I want you to open your heart up this morning. And if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, the message title today is The Principle of First. The Principle of First. And uh, I'm about to say something that's very strong. Touch your neighbor and say, this is about to be strong. If God is first in your life, then everything in your life should come into order. I'm going to say that again. If God is first in your life, then everything in your life should come into order. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have any problems and won't have any difficulties or, or challenges. You know, Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. But I would rather face tribulation with things in order than to face tribulation with things out of order. Can I get an amen from the church? So this morning I want to share with you this principle called the principle of first. And uh, I want to just say up front, this principle runs throughout the Bible. It's not just an Old Testament principle. It's not just a New Testament principle. It's a principle that God wants us to live by. It runs from Genesis all the way to Revelation. As a matter of fact, if you'll go and read the book of Genesis, one of the first instances of things being first or God having something that belongs to him that he didn't want us to touch is the tree of life. Remember the tree of life? He said, look, you can touch all these trees and you can have and eat off of them. But here's my tree. Everybody say my tree. Even in the book of Genesis, we see The principle of first. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Exodus chapter 13. We're going to look in verse 1. And we're going to be in Exodus for a while. And then eventually we're going to turn over to Genesis chapter 4 verses 3. I'll say that again. Exodus chapter 13 verses 1. And then Genesis chapter 4 verses 3. Now in Exodus chapter 1, if you don't have it, they'll have it on the screen for you. 
This is what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate, set apart to me. Everybody say to me. To me, watch this, all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, I want you to read this with me. It is mine. Now, I wish you could really understand how emphatic the Hebrew language is. Basically, what God was saying was, the firstborn that comes out of the womb of man or beast, it belongs to me. It is my property. I am the owner. I don't want nobody to have it. Everybody say, that's the principle of first. Now, let's go to Exodus 13 and drop down to verse 12. It says that you shall set apart, there's that word consecrate again, to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, watch this, every firstborn, say firstborn, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Watch verse 13. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. Now, I'm going to explain this. I'm just going to read the verse so you can get it. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Now, this is important to understand that if you didn't redeem an unclean animal, God said to break its neck. So watch this. Either way, you were going to lose it. And see, if you don't understand, and I want you to keep the mindset of the first of your finances, when you don't give the first tenth of your finances to the Lord, you're going to lose it anyway. That's why when people say, I can't afford to tithe, what ends up happening is it leaks out anyway. You're still going to lose it. Here is why. Because anytime you don't give the first, you open the door to the devourer. Watch first. He finishes up by saying, And all the firstborn of man... Among your sons, you shall redeem. So I have three points for you today that I want you to write down. Here's the first point if you're taking notes. The firstborn must, say must. The firstborn must, watch this, be sacrificed or redeemed. I'm going to say that point again. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. In fact, I want you to say this with me. Say the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, this principle first that we're going to talk about, we're going to see it in this verse of Scripture. So here's a question that I want to start with. How do you and I know whether to sacrifice something or to redeem something? Now, let me just go back to the Old Testament. See, we don't have to bring animals to the temple to sacrifice for our sins. But back in those days, they had to bring animals to the temple and sacrifice them. So what God was explaining, he was explaining the difference between what to do. What to do when one must be redeemed and what to do when one must be sacrificed. And see here, God gave two animals that are exemplary in category. In other words, the donkey represented the unclean animals and the lamb represented the clean animal. So here's how it worked. When a firstborn was born of an animal, a lamb, it was clean. It had to be sacrificed. Everybody say sacrifice. It had to be sacrificed. If a firstborn lamb was born, God said, it is mine 
and you had to sacrifice it. But if a firstborn unclean animal, like a donkey, was born, because it was unclean, it had to be redeemed. And so here's what you had to do. You had to redeem the unclean with the sacrifice of a clean. And if you didn't want to do that, you had to break its neck. So either way, you would lose it. So how does this relate to us today? Because I hope you're thinking ahead of me. First of all, you have to understand that we were the unclean. Let me, let me ask a question. When you and I were born, just touch your neighbor and say you're about to learn something. When you and I were born, were we born clean or unclean? And I'm talking about spiritually, you know, spiritually. In other words, if, you know, when we were born in the natural, what was our spiritual state before God? What was it? We were unclean. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's pretty easy to figure out because uh, I'm going to ask the expert, which are parents. How many parents in here? Let me see your hand. How many had to teach your kids to be bad? You didn't have to teach them to be bad. You know why? Because that came naturally to them. Because we were all born with a sin nature. So here's my second question. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. So watch this now. The clean Jesus had to be sacrificed in order for the unclean us to be redeemed. In fact, that's the message of the cross. The Lamb of God died for the donkeys of the world. Just look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you was a donkey. Now, this is what Exodus 13 is saying. Because the first, the principle of the first shows up right here. And as we work through this, I want you to see, and you're going to see, that's why it's important to take the first tenth that you earn and you give it to God. You don't want to see if you're going to have something left because, see, that doesn't take faith at all. It doesn't take faith to see, oh, I'll, I'll see if I have something left. It takes faith to give the first sheep because you don't know if that sheep is going to have another sheep. Amen. And it takes faith to do that. And here's the thing. It's not the 10% per se that enacts the blessing. It is your faith in giving it first that enacts the blessing. And that's why if you want to write this down in Hebrews 11.4, it says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. It is our faith. And watch this. You can't say you have faith and have no works behind it. Amen. Notice now. God did not say, well, you can wait and see if you have another sheep, if if one is born before you give me mine first. No, God doesn't operate like that. Amen. God didn't wait to see if we were going to act right before he sent Jesus. I mean, we were mocking him and spitting on him and nailing him to a cross. God did all that before he he said, you know what? I'm just going to believe and have faith that they're going to come to me anyway. And that's why the scripture says in Romans, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I get an amen? amen? I want you to think about this. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, the first city that they encountered was Jericho. 
Okay, and when they encountered Jericho, God said, this was his instructions. He says, I want you to take all the silver and take all the gold. I don't want you to touch it or keep it. I want you to bring it to the house of God. And uh, and so that's what they were instructed to do. Notice he didn't say, I want you to just bring only 10%. So why would God ask the children of Israel to give him all of what was in the first city? Because the first Always belongs to God. Amen. So here's the thing. The principle, say the principle. The principle is when you redeem the clean, when you sacrifice it, then it redeems the unclean. In other words, when you give that tenth, I love the scripture in the New Testament in Romans eleven sixteen. write it down. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, then the rest is holy. And this is why if you've been tithing and doing it first for a long time, guess what? You'll discover that 90% with God's blessing lasts a whole lot longer than 100% without his blessing. Amen. And, and you know, I really want you to get this because the first portion is the redemptive portion. In other words, when you give the first to God, then the rest becomes redeemed. Amen. That's why you don't want to give your first portion, that first increase, that first tenth from your paycheck. You don't want to give it to your mortgage company. Because your mortgage company does not have the power to bless the rest of your money. But God has the power to bless the rest of your money. Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to listen to him. So the first portion, the first 10%, it belongs to God. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Here's point number two. Point number two. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. We just learned that the firstborn must be uh, sacrificed or redeemed. Now we're going to talk about the first fruits must be offered. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. You can just look on the screen. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. The first fruits, watch this, of all of your increase. That's gross right there. Amen. You say, well, pastor, I didn't get it in my hand. Yeah, but when you did your taxes, you declared it all. Touch your neighbor and say, he just found my address. Touch him and tell him. Touch him and tell him. (laughs) Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. That's bonuses. That's increase. That's if you sold your house and you made profit from it. Watch this. Proverbs verse 10 says, Watch what will happen. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, the result of giving the first to God, watch this now, is increase and overflow. Amen. Now let's go back to Exodus 23. Exodus 23, we're going to look in verse 19. Exodus 23, I want to show you this principle runs throughout Scripture. It's not just an Old Testament principle. It's a New Testament. It's a principle that God wants us to live by. Exodus 23, 19, watch what it says now. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Now, I like that because he said, if you're confused about what first means, I'll say it twice for you. The first of the first fruits, watch what he said to do. He says, bring, everybody say bring. 
Now, if you're physically writing, I want you to underline the word bring because it's very important. He said, bring it into the house of the Lord your God. That's very plain. And I love it because he didn't say give. He said bring. Remember, last week on the video, in Malachi, it said for, for us to bring the tithe and offering into the storehouse. He didn't say give it to the storehouse because giving says it's yours and you're giving it to somebody. Bringing it says it's somebody else's and I'm returning it. Okay, 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 okay. Let me help. Let me see if I can explain this better. How many like money? I mean, I like money too. How many would like some of this money? Okay. I didn't say I was going to give you some. I just asked you, did you like it, you know? Uh, let's see what I have here. I have 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 35, okay, $35. <sighs> okay, since you stood up, here you go. Now, now, let me ask you a question before I put this in his hand. Whose $35 is this? It's mine. No, make no mistake about it. It's mine. Okay, now, Greg, I want you to hold on to my $35. All right? You can go have a seat. That's fine. You can put it in your pocket and everything. Now, whose $35 is that? It's my $35. Now, Greg, I I know you thought I was going to give it to you, but could you return my $35? All right. Now, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. Did he bless me with $35? Did he give me $35? No, what did he do? He returned to me my $35. And when you and I tithe, we're not giving. We're returning to God what belonged to him. And that's why we should never grieve about it. Because he shouldn't be grieving right now. Because it was never his. Amen. We can only bring it to the house of God. So listen, you don't give nobody the tenth first. You know, I, I know people, you know, they'll, they'll split their tithe. They'll give a tithe to this church, tithe to that church. That, that ain't how you do it. You bring it to the house of the Lord where you are fed. You don't give it to a TV preacher. I'm not against TV preachers. But you don't give your tithe to a preacher. If you die, he ain't going to come and bury you. Be calling the office. Uh, can I talk to Pastor so-and-so? I've been watching him. He, can he do my funeral? You'll probably never hear from him. If you have a 501c... And you have a like a, a, a charitable organization. You don't tie it to your organization. Your organization is not a church. It is not the house. Oh, I feel that. Touch your neighbor and say he done found somebody else's address. Come on and see it. So really, there are only two things we can do with the tithe. We can either bring it or keep it. Now. I'm going to say it in a very stronger way this time. We can bring it or we can steal it. Now, see, here's the problem. Most Christians who don't do this don't see themselves as thieves. And this is why they'll never get the level of blessings God wants them to have. Because God doesn't bless thieves. Would you bless a thief? I mean, it's like, you, you know, if somebody, a thief comes in your house and you're there at home and you wake up and instead of grabbing your gun, you just say, hey, let me show you around. <laughs> Why did God say, 
to give all the silver and all the gold from Jericho to be given to the Lord's house. Watch this, because that was the first city of the promised land. Now, if you go back in Joshua chapter 6, let me tell you what happened. God called the tithe. He called it a consecrated thing. But what happened was there was a guy named Achan who decided to not obey the instructions of the Lord. Joshua told everybody, listen, when you go to Jericho, take everything, all the gold and all the silver. We're going to bring it and take it to the house of the Lord. Don't keep nothing for yourself. But this guy named Achan decided he wanted to be greedy. So he, he stole some and he, he dug up. They had tents back then. And he dug the dirt up and he hid it in the dirt. And so, you know, nobody knew. But when they went to go fight the second city, now watch this now, the second city was now a representation of now God would have wanted 10% of that city, not the first city like he did Jericho. But when they went to fight this little bitty city called Ai, they lost the battle. And Joshua was like, God, why did we lose? And God said to Joshua, there's somebody named Achan who has stole the plunder. In fact, the Bible calls it an accursed thing. Because here's why. When you and I bring the tithe, it's blessed. But when we steal the tithe, it's cursed. So here, I have a question. Why would you want anything cursed to be in your bank account? You already have enough problems with it anyway. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Now, this is a revelation that God has given me over the last two years. I've shared it with you, but it's a part of the lesson. Genesis chapter 4, let's look in verse 3. It says, and in the process of time, in other words, some time went by, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn. Say firstborn. He brought of the firstborn of his flock and, everybody say and, and some fat. Watch this now. This is interesting. And the Lord had respect. He respected Abel. I'm reading out the New King James this morning. The Lord respected Abel and his offering. Watch this now. Notice now God had respect for not only the person but what they gave. Watch in verse 5. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. So years ago, when I read this story, I couldn't understand why God accepted one person's offering and rejected the other person's offering. At one point, I was like, Lord, you're not being fair here. But what I discovered was one brought the first of what they had to the Lord and the other one didn't. Here's something you may not have ever thought about. It's not that God wouldn't take Cain's offering. It's that God couldn't take Cain's offering. See, some of you all who give, God didn't take it. Word of truth took it. We took it. And we appreciate that. But I don't just want word of truth to take my stuff. I want God to take my stuff. And so what happened is, God couldn't take it. And here's why. It wasn't first Come on, give the Lord a hand clap right there. Give him a hand clap right there. Did you know there are some things that God can't do? Uh, God can't act out of his character. He can't do that. Uh, God can't lie. 
Here's why. Number one, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. So God can't lie. He can't. As a matter of fact, let me tell you how powerful God is and why he can't lie. Because if he said something, it's going to come to pass. So God can't lie. But here's the second thing God can't do. God can't change. Amen. He's going to be the same. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when you get that foolishness, well, tithing is of the law. God didn't change. Amen. He hasn't changed. Here's the deal. If God could change, that means God would get better. But God can't get better because he's perfect. If God were to pay 18 holes of golf, his score would be 18. Because he's perfect. Amen. Here's the third thing God can't do. God can't think like you and I think. The scripture says that his thoughts are not our thoughts. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's thoughts higher than our thoughts. See, we think to figure things out. God already knows what he's going to do before he does it. He's not trying to figure things out. As a matter of fact, nothing never occurs to God. Amen. God has never said, wow, I just thought about something. I mean, God has never said, oh, myself. (laughs) You know, oh, my God, oh, myself. Some of y'all will get it when you get home. Here's another thing God can't do. God can never accept second place because he's preeminent. What that means is he's first. He was before everything. He will be after everything. He is the beginning and he's the end. He's the alpha and he's the omega and he's everything in between. He's not going to take second place. Amen. So, remember uh, last week when uh, the video mentioned that Jesus was God's tithe. Remember that? Jesus was God's tithe. Well, we said when we give or we bring our tithe, we're bringing it to the bride of Christ. And that's why tithing is so personal to Jesus. But watch this now. Since Jesus, watch this, is God's tithe... Maybe tithing is more personal to God than what we assume. Amen. The tithe, giving it first, represents who's first in your life. And I'm about to say something very strong. Just touch your neighbor and say, don't get offended. You can tell me all day God is first in your life. Just let me see your bank account and I can tell you. Amen. And let me tell you something. Even if you didn't give to God first, that ain't going to stop his order of who he is. Amen. So that brings me now to my third point. We're winding down here. And if you're taking notes, here's the third point. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, this is what it says. And all the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or from the fruit of the tree, whose is it? It is the Lord's. Watch this. It says it is holy to the Lord. And the reason it's holy, 
It's because it belongs to him. And that's why when we take it, we're stealing. We must return it first because it's not ours. So watch this now. I'm going to give you an illustration that I think will help you uh, get this point of the tithe must be first. Let's say uh, you own a landscaping business. All right. And uh, you came to, uh, you know, I called you and say, hey, can you come out to my house and give me an estimate? Uh, you know, I want to put some trees and some, some bushes and some flowers in, in my yard. And so you come out and you say, well, uh, Pastor Evan, here's the deal. Uh, uh, this whole job is kind of set up where, uh, if you pay for the material and then here's my price for labor and then a thousand dollars is my profit. Okay. So watch this. The thousand dollars is what you would give the 10% from. All right. So let's now uh, ask. Okay. So he does the work. Y'all come out to my house. You do the work and everything. And I pay for the labor and I pay for the material. And I give you 10 $100 bills as payment for your $1,000 profit. Now, this is a mathematical equation. Some of you all may have checked out on me already. (laughs) I'm not the best at math, but I do understand percentages out of those 10 $100 bills, how much of it is the tithe? A hundred? Some of y'all going, well, let's carry that number. It's a hundred, all right? Now, let's say that I have all 10 $100 bills here. Which one of them is the tithe? The first one, watch this, that leaves my hand. Amen. Amen. And that's what happens when you and I get paid. Let's say you get paid tomorrow. Here's what a lot of people do. Let's say you got paid, you cashed your check, and so you, okay, that's for the mortgage, and that's for the electric bill, and that's for my car note, and and then, okay, and then, Lord, here's your 10%. Uh, That wasn't a first. Your mortgage company got the first. Remember, they don't have the power to bless the rest. And see, what happens to a lot of people is by the time they get to the end, they don't have enough. Amen. So, so, you know, Malachi chapter 1 verse 8, you may have never read this. Because, how many like leftovers? Anybody like leftovers? I mean, my wife's cooking is so good, it's actually better after you eat it the second time. But before that, I wasn't into leftovers. But I discovered something. Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered God doesn't like leftovers. And see, what some of the children of Israel started doing is when they had that first lamb, instead of giving it, they would go take one of these crippled animals. They would take these blind and lame animals and try to bring it to the Lord. So Malachi chapter 1 verse 8 says this. And if you offer the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer that to President Obama, uh, President Trump. Will he be pleased with you? Watch this now. Here's a similar language. Or accept your person. But we want God to bless us. And we stealing from him. Just look at your neighbor and say, that's very strong. That's very strong. So let me tell you how this works in my life, okay? Uh, our staff, we get paid every other week, 
okay, every other week. And uh, the way my paycheck comes is uh, it's automatically deposited. So, you know, it, it's, and, and we get paid on Thursday, so it's like it, it like magically appears into my account. Okay, because I'm the early bird in my family, I get up before everybody. I get up, I get landing ready and stuff. So I normally get up anywhere between 5 and 6.15, all right? When I first get up on a Thursday, one of the first things that I do is go online and send my tithe to Word of Truth Family Church. That's what I do. Now, let's say one morning I got too busy and I forgot to do it. And, uh, you know... Time go by and Pastor Sarah went to the grocery store and she bought some groceries before I got a chance to give my tithe. You said, Pastor Evan, you cursed. It didn't come out first. No, no. First of all, what I'm trying to teach you of this principle first is not a legalistic thing as much as it is a heart thing. First of all, if Pastor Sarah go to the grocery store, we should have already had some money in there before my paycheck came. Okay? We should have. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's say we didn't. The spirit of the thing is what the heart is what God is looking for. See, let me me tell you what's wonderful about this. It keeps your heart straight with God. Watch this now. And it keeps you mindful of him in your life. Amen. So let's now close with Exodus 13. Hot dog, I'm out of time. Exodus 13, look at verse 14. Exodus 13, verse 14. It says, so shall it be when your son, watch this, ask you in time to come, saying, what is this? In other words, he's saying, when your son asks you, why are you sacrificing and redeeming these animals? You're going to say, by the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse 15, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord, watch this, all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So let's bring this into a modern scenario as we close. Let's say you have a ranching business and your son goes off to college he earns his degree he comes back home and you say you know what son i'm gonna let you take care of the books of the family business you take care of that and so the son is going over the books and the son notices something in the books so dad comes in from the ranch and he he says uh dad uh can I talk to you? He's like, sure, son. He says, can you just have a seat? I, I just want to go over something with you. You know, you gave me uh, the oversight of the books. And so there's something that uh, I, I'm not sure if you are aware of. And he said, well, son, what is it? He says, well, I noticed, uh, Dad, that uh, every time we have a firstborn animal born, uh, let me see how I can say this, uh, you kill it. He says, and I looked in the books, and last year you killed 74 firstborn animals. And his dad said, well, son, sit down because there's something I need to tell you. He said, first of all, son, uh, we've not always had a ranch. As a matter of fact, we have not always had animals for a ranch. As a matter of fact, son, we used to be slaves in Egypt. We were in bondage, son. 
And now God has brought us out. And because he has freed us, I happily give him the first of what belongs to him. Now, years ago when I was a young kid, I experienced that scripture in my family. My dad used to get paid and then he would write his tithe check and he would sit it to the side in the envelope filled out to take it to church. Uh, Just in case, kids, a check is some paper that you write. (laughs) What you write, you know. And one day I went over there to look to see what he was giving. I saw it. I was like, man, why is he giving all this money to the church? And when I read this, it dawned on me that if, if Landon ever comes and says, Daddy, why are you giving that much money to Word of Truth Family Church? I'm going to say, Landon, let me tell you something about Daddy. Daddy has always been a Christian. As a matter of fact, Landon, Daddy was not a good man. Daddy was a bad man. Daddy was caught up in a whole lot of stuff. Daddy was caught up on drugs. Daddy was, Daddy was a bad man. But God one day gave his son, he gave his firstborn for me. And to show my appreciation, I gladly give to my God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What is the Lord saying to you? And I don't want you to just stop there. I want you to also ask, what is the Lord asking you to do today? Today, I want to ask you as members of Word of Truth Family Church and even as visitors at your own church to make a commitment today to put God first in your financial life. You may be here and you say, I've tried that before and you stop, but Maybe you really never saw the importance of what it does for your life. Some of you, you may have to make some lifestyle changes to do this. You might have to sell something. You might have to downsize. Let me say this. If you have to do that, do what you got to do because I guarantee you, you will not regret at all that you did it. So I'm asking you today. To make a commitment to start giving your first to God. And watch this now. And never go back from doing it. Make a decision today that you will never going to take the first of your increase anymore. Father, I pray that you will seal the words that were spoken. Let it penetrate our hearts. Let it penetrate our minds. And I thank you that every person under the sound of my voice, as they exercise the principle of first in their lives, they will never, ever be the same in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, if you're here today.